Believe it or not, week eight is already here, and the second half of fantasy football's regular season is underway. Now, some of us are mapping out matchups to make a deep playoff run. Others are trying to make that move to get into the playoff picture. And some of us are making arrangements on who we're going to keep next year or what pick we're going to have in our draft next year. Well, wherever you are in the, in the standings, week eight is going to be a big week for you, and we're here to help. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott hey. and Tom. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, week eight is upon us. Uh, it's a big moving week, I think. You know, uh, especially these even numbered weeks, like when you your team can end up with a 500 record. Obviously, everybody wants to be above that watermark. Um, this week, so it's an inch, it's going to be a big week for a lot of teams. I think this week, so we better be on our game. Yeah, a it's going to be yeah a lot of buys and a lot of uh, interesting games. Again, like last week, a lot of uh, interesting matchups that you don't really see a lot. What mixed in with some divisional rivalries? It should be good. All right, so I think uh, I think we're going to go plum picks first. So let's go to that. I can feel it down in my plums. And give you our plum picks for. Week number eight, and let's start with quarterbacks. Scotty, who you got as your plum pick quarterback? I got as my plum pick quarterback because I think a lot of people are downplaying him coming off the bye is my boy for the whole year, Deshaun Watson. And this is strictly plums. I have no statistical backing. I just think that he's not a good matchup. Is not a good matchup, exactly. That's why a lot of people are benching him, but he's done it against everybody that's come in his path so far this year. He's ready. He's prepared. He's awesome. And he's gonna get it done this week. What really gave me the confidence was you know, if Tyrod Taylor is going to be in the QB1 mix with getting 260, one touchdown, and 40 rushing yards. Why can't Deshaun Watson do that against Seattle? That seems like an off Deshaun Watson week, given what we've seen from him since he took over the job in Houston. So I actually, I'm on board. Like I'm, if I had Deshaun Watson anywhere, and I'm upset that I don't, I would still be rolling him out. I think he's every week starter, and I think this this week is really going to either cement that or kind of put it on shaky ground. Yeah, I think so too. And if you if you didn't do so hot this week, it's not like the end of the world for him. Obviously, you know, yeah. he's a great talent. Who could blame he, a rookie for playing poorly in Seattle? Yeah, so that's my point. Um, I'm not going to start him this week where I have him. I'm actually going to go with uh, maybe we transition here. Yeah, go for it. To Phillip Rivers. Okay. Number one defense for quarterbacks to play against is the uh, New England Patriots. Even after they've actually done like kind of well against the Bucks and the yeah, Falcons. and even after Tyrod drops 20 against Tampa Bay, it's still the New England Patriots is the number one soft target. And Phillip Rivers is a guy who throws for yards and yards and yards. We haven't had great Phil matchups just recently, so it's ha- I'm happy to see that. I think it's like... I think he's going to benefit from a little bit of a Keenan Allen resurgence this week as well. Travis Benjamin, deep ball threat, you know, all these things. I think they have the tools, and I think the Patriots have the weak spots. And the Patriots also have the offense that can do something a little bit more than what Denver did against the Chargers defense this week. I unfortunately, when I I was streaming 
San Diego, I was like, I can't play them this Los week Angeles. against New England. I still, I still do it sometimes. <laughs> I feel like it. that. I feel like we get a year. You know, like if like next season, if I'm still saying San Diego, then we're really gonna have a problem. There was an episode recently where you said it, and none of us noticed it. Obviously, so it went out there uncorrected. Well, that might have been the week where it was rumored that the NFL was just gonna send them back to San Diego. <laughs> we might have got lucky for yeah. one. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, my. My plum pick quarterback is Kirk Cousins. He plays against Dallas. And listen, most people who have Kirk Cousins are probably going to start him in season long. I like him as a DFS play because Kirk just gets it done. And I think he is the least respected starting quarterback of this era that we've been in since maybe 2010. The dude just comes in and gets it done. You know, it didn't look pretty Monday night, but he ended up with three touchdowns. The defense really didn't do him any favors, and that's how they ended up losing to the Eagles on Monday night. But, like, Kirk just gets it done, and it doesn't matter who he's playing against. It doesn't matter about division team familiarity. He's just going to go get things done for you. <laughs> so you're saying he gets things done. Yeah, what does he do exactly, Don? He plays well. And and how, <laughs> he gets things done, would you say? Yeah, or? I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I didn't really think this through as much, but I just, I like him this week. I no, really I, think he's worth the DFS investment as a quarterback. Sure. I mean, he certainly was last week. Um, and Chris Thompson out of the backfield has obviously been a huge help to him. We talk yeah. about Ben Roethlisberger getting like a little boost because he can throw those dumps to Le'Veon Bell. And if one of them goes, well, we have a more consistent option in that with Kirk Cousins, plus a more consistent option in him as a passing quarterback right now this year. So, and sure. he's lit up the Cowboys in the past too. So, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he went out there and had a think good week. Jamison Crowder could have a big week. Finally, <laughs> yeah, for once, uh, <laughs> don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah for, definitely don't. <laughs> I don't think we will. Um, let's move to running backs now, Scotty. You're going with the guy who actually plays tonight. Yes, Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi is this is his week, guys. He's going to score this week. The Ravens have been absolutely atrocious against the run, have allowed the most rushing yards in the league. Jay Ajayi gets more carries than almost any running back in the league, and I think that this game is finally going to be one where he breaks through, breaks through the pain line, gets into the end zone, has himself 100 total. And sometimes all it takes is a Thursday night game to score your first touchdown or the first touchdown that you've scored in a while. Just ask Amari Cooper. Right. You know, so, I mean, you know, the Dolphins have to know. They got Matt Moore starting. They're going to need to get the ground game going. Otherwise, it could be a really long, pass-happy night for the Dolphins. So, I, I like it. I think Ajay is, you know, I don't know if his yardage is going to be there, but I think his touchdowns are going to be there. And that's really been the only thing missing from his game so far this year. Tom, we'll move to you. Sure. I'm going with a guy who could even be available in your league for a quick spot start if you need it. Wendell Smallwood. He's going against the San Francisco 49ers, who are, much like the Ravens, atrocious against the run. You saw what Zeke did to them um, on the ground, through the air, and Wendell Smallwood gets carries in his last game that he played that he was fully healthy, week four. He had 10 rushing attempts, and he had six targets for four receptions, right? He comes back versus Washington, and he had eight rushing attempts, two targets, two receptions, right? When you have a guy come back that first week, you're always working them back in, right? right? And Washington's actually a pretty solid rush defense. So I think, you know, given those two trends working together, that, you know, you're working him in and that this next opponent is a very soft target. Yeah. That those numbers increase 
And then the output increases because of that for sure, almost exponentially. I think you could easily see a touchdown or two from him. I think you're going to see, you know, 75 plus yards as a running back spot start. But not purpose. 40 points like what Zeke gave us last week. Well, I mean, if San Zeke Francisco. can give 40 and you think, oh, I wonder if Wendell Smallwood can do a third of that. Yeah. Right. Right. Which would be about 15, which I think would be way more than people would be asking for from Wendell Smallwood. Exactly. So I like it. I really do. I was interested to see how you were going to piece He's that together. You piece it together very well. Too, especially yeah. DFS, he'll be cheap. Absolutely. You know I got him there. Oh, yeah. I'm going with Joe Mixon. This is strictly plums. He's been calling for the ball more. Marvin Lewis wasn't exactly happy with it. But just the way I'm thinking about it, last week against Jacksonville, two running backs did really well against the Colts defense. This is a beatable defense and an offense whose passing attack has not looked good. Marvin Lewis wasn't mad at Joe Mixon for speaking his mind. Marvin Lewis was mad because he knows the youngest player on his offense was right. And he can't admit that. Like, they need to run with Joe Mixon more. I think he does score a touchdown. I think he does play well in this game. And it doesn't necessarily have to come at the expense of Giovanni Bernard. Because I think he can make out a role, too, catching passes out of the backfield. Because the Colts just can't stop anybody. Yeah, and it's it's the opposite problem, or it's a solution in that regard. It's the opposite as last week where we thought, you know, Joe Mixon's going to get involved a lot, but then the game script worked him out. The Bengals will probably be ahead. In this game, so the, the the game script will keep him in. Another thing is with, with the coach, you know, I talked about it in the beginning of the year where the Bengals are a team that doesn't give a lot of traction to rookie players, and it seems like he's doubling down on that with his yeah. comments this week. So am I afraid to start mixing this week? No, I actually am starting him where I have him. I love the matchup. Yeah. But once again, it's I think it's a matchup-dependent thing. I'm, a, I'm thumbs up this week for it, but I don't know. Maybe I mean, not next week. Yeah. On a low, he's going to get, what, 10 touches probably? That's yeah. what he got and against the Steelers. That's what he got last week. And if you get 10 touches against Indy, you can have an amazing game. Yeah. Just as TJ Yeldon, who got nine carries for 122 yards and a touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to receivers now. Tom. All right. Well, I was <laughs> picking my nose. <laughs> my plump big receiver is Cole Beasley. Versus the Washington Redskins. Hmm. If you've got him on your roster, this is the kind of game where you play him. Like, if you have him, this is where you play him. If you don't have him, that's fine, right? But if you have him, you have him for a reason, right? It's in a game where Dez is going to be locked up by Norman. I'm, I'm anticipating him coming back this week, and this plump pick is pretty contingent on that. Well, even Breland has done a pretty good job sure. in Norman's stead. And he's going to be in the slot. They're going to have to work quick passes to him if they want to move the ball in that fashion. I just mentioned that Washington is actually pretty good against the run, so I don't think Zeke has a cakewalk, but I think Zeke is obviously a very good talent. Right. I'm not saying sit Zeke. I'm saying maybe consider starting Cole Beasley. I like it because if you look at how Wentz threw his touchdowns, it was Aguilar in the slot. Slot, 80% Ertz. slot share this, this yep. year so far. Ertz out of the tight end spot, and I think he threw one to, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Matt Collins. Matt Collins. The, that was the deep ball um, yep. at the end of the half, but he also threw into a running back. He threw so many, we yeah. can't even remember yeah. them all. Yeah, yeah. he just... Good Eagles, problem to have. Was a lot. <laughs> Eagles franchise record, 17 touchdown passes. Already. Hashtag already. Yeah, amazing. All right, Scotty, who are you going for with receiver this week? I'm going with a bit of a deep throw. Definitely a daily fantasy guy, and it's Marquise Goodwin. He's been, uh, you know, he's he's a burner, and he's just really facing a very burnable secondary. 
and he's just locked into so much garbage time, especially against such a good team that, you know, the, the 49ers are going to be in throw mode basically from the second quarter on. Uh, you know, he's been getting more targets with Bethard in, and I just think that he has that breakout potential. Uh, three catches of at least 48 yards this year already. I think he gets another one of those for a touchdown this week. I like it. I love how we talk about him a lot. He's we really have, guys. even even going back to like... He's, he's one of those guys that I think if he was ever on a team with like a really good quarterback, he'd be like really, really good. But he just never has really had that the stars aligned for him yet. He would be a great saint after Ted Ginn leaves. Agreed. Oh, he'd be like that would be Ted the Ginn. perfect spot for him. Um, I'm going with Adam Thielen. Uh, this is with or without Stefan Diggs, who was limited in practice today. He's playing the Cleveland Browns, who allow the most yardage to slot receivers in the NFL. And Thielen plays primarily in the slot. They like working him in there. He had a tough week against Baltimore, so I would understand people trying to scale back their usage of him. I'm not where I had him started last week, and he kind of disappointed me. I'm rolling him out again because I think it's going to pay off. And again, if you're the type who believes that someone is due for a touchdown, I mean, can we get the guy in the end zone? I'm sick of it. Like He's been playing so well. The only reason people haven't really noticed is because he hasn't really been scoring touchdowns this year. And the Browns let up more passing touchdowns than pretty much anybody in the league. So basically, it's one of those things like if there's ever a week Adam Thielen's going to score a touchdown, it's probably this week. Exactly, and that's why he's my plum pick because I think he does finally get into the end zone. Let's stay with Adam Thielen's team and go to Tom's plum pick tight end. Yeah, I'm going back to the well here. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, we can't pick against the Giants this week. Yeah, so. Cleveland Browns. Kyle Rudolph gets him. He's been underperforming, and that's the reason that I really want to talk about this. Not even just the Cleveland Browns trend, but Kyle Rudolph has not been uh, fulfilling what you hoped of him when you drafted him this year, especially how well he did last year. Yeah, but this is a week that if you've got him still, you're gotta play him. Yeah, it's I touchdown mean, time for him this week, right? It's touchdown time for him. It's touchdown time for Thielen, apparently. Maybe we should be starting our Ke- Case Keenum. Case Keenum, good <laughs> DFS play, obviously, yeah. we think. <laughs> but um, I I really do believe that, that they've struggled not just in the red zone, but between the 20s. You saw Ryan Griffin even chunk him, and that's the kind of tight end that Kyle Rudolph can be when he's highly targeted. He can, he can really burn you anywhere in the field. Not burn you like Marquise Goodwin, but burn you like a Jason Witten. Over and over. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Jason Witten, if yeah, you go for transition, it. Oh, yeah. that's my plump pick this week. Um, and it's a lo- kind of along the lines with uh, Tom. You know, I kind of expect this game to be really high scoring and them to struggle to have Zeke move the ball. Uh, Witten has a very long career with the Redskins. Obviously, he's played like two full seasons against them at this point. But, um, you know, based off the like research I was doing, he's been doing pretty well in the recent years. And uh, it looks like it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. I was looking at the tight ends overall. I think it's a pretty tough week for tight ends with this many guys on by. Not a lot of great matchups. So, Witten is a guy who normally has a pretty high floor and can get into the end zone. So I like him this week, and I think he could easily score. And he seems to kind of keep a, a, a good streak rolling when he starts to score. He did score last week. I think you know he can kind of roll that over into a touchdown against Washington easily. I am going to kind of go against the grain of what you just said, though, Scott. There is a tight end who's got a great matchup this week, and it's my plum pick, Hunter Henry. And, you know, it's over. He is the number one tight end for the Chargers. He's officially passed Antonio Gates. He led the Chargers in targets, catches, and yards last week. And now he gets the New England Patriots who have let up 
you know, like you said, they're in the top most fantasy points allowed against every single position. They're not the top team against tight ends, but I think they're third or fourth. Well, they're the top, which is good enough for me. Quarterbacks, and guess who gives them the ball? As in them being a tight end. Well, that would be your plum pick quarterback, Philip Rivers. Yep, another good uh, stack in. Dillard. A very, very interesting stack going yep. forward. All right, so those are the guys you need to be getting into your lineups as our plum picks. Now it's time for the guys that you should be taking out of your lineups. Shut it down. It's time for John Taffer. Shut it down. We're starting again with quarterbacks, and I am going with Mitch Trubisky. Kind of obvious, but if you were thinking about getting cute in daily fantasy by playing him in New Orleans where the scoring always seems to go crazy in the Superdome, I really don't think it's going to happen. You know, keep him out. He's not going to throw the ball more than 15 times. No matter what the score is, there's, the Bears are still going to run the ball, run the ball, and hope that that defense can stymie uh, Drew Brees in the Saints offense. I just I don't see it happening. I agree. I think it's fair. I mean, it, it's always tempting when you see that N-O versus N-O in your yeah. lineups, but I think we're kind of having to adjust. And the fact that Mitch Trubisky has not done it versus anyone else does not give me the the appetite to start yeah, him. It's don't. actually N-O. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's a big N-O. He doesn't <laughs> run or throw. Right, exactly. <laughs> he just hands the ball off. Yeah. Can't do much with that. Tom, let's go to you. Yeah, I'm shutting down Big Ben. No, that's not totally uh, newsworthy here. But I he was my plum pick last week, and it worked out for you. So if you've got him on your roster, I think it's time that you can almost just ditch him here. Um, he's playing away at Detroit, who in the beginning of the season looked like one of the best defenses in the NFL, coming off a bye. Yep. So they're going to have their their wits about them. I was going to use a different expression yeah. containing a curse word, but I'm going to say they, they're they going to have their wits about them. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger not been that great. We got lucky last week. You know, you survived the onslaught, but I don't think it's this week for him. Yeah, and, you know, they lean so heavily on Le'Veon that it could easily be a game where he doesn't throw the ball that much. And it, I could kind of see this game being a bit of a defensive struggle, which is why I'm shutting down Stafford. Um, you know, he's going... He's playing, coming off a bye, but you know he lost his best receiving asset. Uh, Marvin Jones is going to get the Artie Burns treatment, and you know it's going to be tough for Stafford to be able to move the chains that consistently. He's not, you know, the the gunslinger that takes all those crazy risks like he used to. And I just don't think that he's going to go too crazy in this game because the Steelers' defense, you know, their their in their front seven has really improved and their secondary is just getting better and better too. It's just not not the week for Stafford. All right, let's move on to Yeah. <laughs> um let's move on to running backs now. We're going to stick with that um Vikings Browns game Scott for your plum pick running back. Yeah, I think a lot of people it, not plum. Sorry, shut, shut it down. down. Shut down. Yeah, opposite. Um it's Latavius Murray. Um, I think a lot of people are really excited about him, like right now, because he just came off a great week, but it was against the worst rush defense in the league, Baltimore. And now you see that, you know, at CLE next to his his matchup, and you think, oh, he plays the Browns. I should be excited. Well, don't be excited. The Browns have been very good against the run this year. I expect it to be more of a dink and dunk McKinnon game out of the backfield than a, a plowing with Latavius Murray. And, you know, I just really don't think 116 total yards per game to the running back position the Browns have allowed. 
which wow. is actually really good. If That's really good, And if he's yeah. getting split down the middle with McKinnon, I don't think that he gets the yards. I think it's McKinnon that gets the yards. And it's a tough call because this, a stat came out today that I was shocked by. The Vikings have actually averaged more rushing yards per game since Dalvin Cook went down with his torn ACL than when he was the primary lead back. They went from something like 108 to now it's like 146 a game, right. which is pretty crazy. And I think it was just because they're featuring two different guys as opposed to just one. But and um, Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs right. has been out, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. So there are little lies in the in every little statistic that we give you. So it was well, good that we why, found that one. Well, that's why it's so important to you know think about fantasy in this way and talk about it and spitball right. it because the storyline is so important mm-hmm. because the statistical pond is so shallow. Right. You know, you have to make these new decisions every week in a short season. And you can only go on so much historical data because the teams are changing, the culture is changing, the coaches are changing. Yeah. So the storyline, I always think, is very important. Absolutely. I mean, and one of the, just kind of going off on the side of what you said, Tom, one of the things that I've been seeing with that is Evan Engram. You know, like we, I can't base how a team does against the tight end on how I feel about Evan Engram because he's really not playing tight end for the Giants anymore. He's right. playing a slot receiver. So you're absolutely right. Uh, Tom, let's go to your plum pick running back because it is a doozy. Shut it down again. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um, this is purely in the terms of daily, right? Because you're never going to sit this guy. Kareem Hunt. He's going against Denver. They've stopped Zeke. They stopped Melvin Gordon last Melvin week. Melvin Gordon, Shady. Uh, Melvin Gordon again. <laughs> Melvin Gordon again. <laughs> the only guy that could crack him is Orleans Darkla. <laughs> Orleans Darkla was the only one that made it through. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was stopped as well. So uh, my prediction here as far as this pick is that he's going to actually be held to under 100 yards from scrimmage. Break the streak. Yeah, so the, streak's the streak gone. is going to end versus Denver. They've been so great versus the position. So I just think that you know when something's got to give, I go with the – the largely veteran populated Denver defense than the rookie Kareem Hunt, right. although he's an amazing talent. So I wouldn't be spending top dollar for him in daily lineups this week. I'd be looking to go to Shady, uh, Le'Veon, you know, those guys. Right. Those types. Cool. I like Lamar Miller. I don't I sorry, I don't like Lamar Miller this week. These are the shut it down. Yes, they yeah. are. Just they to be still clear. are. Um I don't like Lamar Miller this week because Seattle has been pretty good against running backs. You know, the, the linebackers can get to the uh, running backs out of the backfield. And, you know, that, that line is really imposing right now. So I think it's just going to be a tough week for Lamar Miller to get anything going. He's a smaller guy. He's not like that big bruiser like uh, Derrick Henry or DeMarco Murray. Deontay Foreman. Or De- yeah, or Deontay <laughs> Foreman. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough week. And if Seattle's defense holds the Texans' offense to a few amount of points in the first half and Seattle gets out to a big lead, we know that Houston is not afraid to let Deshaun Watson try to throw them back in the game, which doesn't spell a lot for Lamar Miller's carries, and his catches are going to be kind of few and far between. I think this is going to be a pretty good game for the Seattle defense, uh, especially playing at home. So I'm kind of I'm actually going to segue that into my shut it down wide receiver, which is going to be a little contentious between uh, between Scott and I because he's got Will Fuller as a shut it down receiver, yep. and I have DeAndre Hopkins, and I picked Hopkins because I think. He is going to be the focus of the Seattle defense. And I think Seattle's going to be like, okay, let's let Will Fuller beat us. Because as we've talked about, you know, Will Fuller's catch numbers have been very low, although his touchdown numbers have been very high. His 
catch to touchdown ratio is almost one to one. So I think they're going to want to try and see can this guy get volume and beat us rather than just you know get it on a on a one deep shot kind of play. So I think they're going to focus on Hopkins and hope that Fuller can't get it done at a higher volume than he has been. Well, for me, the reason why I picked Fuller is because the Seahawks don't get beat deep, and that's basically Fuller's thing. Getting you know huge separation across the middle or huge separation deep that never happens really against Seattle. They're you know they're rock solid and they got Earl Thomas at the back, so nobody beats them back there. And you know with that and only getting four targets a game and he's not going to score, that's why I would shut him down this week. I, I would disagree honestly with Hopkins. I think they throw at him against no matter who's covering him and regardless of the circumstance he's going to get maybe 15 targets if they lose he could get 20 so it's tough for me to shut that down it's interesting to me as i guess sort of a tiebreaker vote here i think it just depends on how the texans actually line themselves up because sherman plays one side of the field right so it's gonna be who they game plan for against Sherman and who they game plan for to get away from Sherman. Right. So one of those guys is going to not succeed. And I always give this analogy with uh, fantasy football, but it's I don't want to take the roulette spin. I don't want to do 50-50 odds on a receiver when I might have somebody else better in my lineup or on my bench. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Tom, now that Scott and I have kind of hogged the spotlight, let's get your shut it down wide receiver. Marvin Jones. Um, So he's the de facto wide receiver won this week versus Steelers. And they have really put a stop to wide receiver ones going up against them. And if you remember Marvin Jones at the beginning of last year, he was lighting the world on fire until he wasn't, right? Right. As soon as he was the focal point of the defense's attention, you saw somebody else go. Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden, whatever. Eric Ebron, never mind. (laughs) So he hasn't been like a matchup beater like that. He's not like Julio Jones versus Seattle who can just go destroy them anyway. He's Marvin Jones who's a very good receiver, but in this matchup, I'd be fading him. It stinks because I know you picked him up because Golden Tate's injury, and you may get another good week out of him next week, or you may get a good week out of him next week if Golden Tate's not back. Right. But he has standalone value anyway. Sure does. I just don't think this is the week to uh, to trot him out there. Agreed. Artie Burns is going to be locking him down. I it think, stinks because uh, I really need Marvin Jones in a league this week. Yeah. I mean, he can score. He can go up there just like anybody else, but... No, but I, you're right. I mean, odds. you're right. I odds. have him in one, two, Don, and, and I'm a little nervous. One guy that I, I think that, you know, that my deep receiver throw, DFS, TJ Jones from uh, the Lions. Uh, I'm assuming that Galladay is going to move to that second uh, that second receiver spot, put TJ Jones in the slot where he plays that Golden Tate role, and he could see a bunch of targets. I like that, too. Uh, let's move to tight ends now. Um, I'm going to get mine out of the way because it's simply a DFS one. I obviously... Um, this guy is going to be in your lineup. I got Gronk. The Chargers have been really, really good against tight ends this year. And if you're paying top dollar for Gronk in Daily Fantasy, I just don't think this is the week to do it. And yeah, that's really it. I guess in Daily Fantasy. But to me, it's like it's almost the analogy you gave with uh, Evan Ingram, who doesn't really play tight end. Yeah. Gronk is a, not even really a position player in football. He's just a Gronk. Like he's a lead blocker for Brandon Cooks on the one-yard little gimme. Yeah. He's a split out and hopefully— Fade route. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I get it to avoid him in fantasy. I mean, in, in uh, daily. daily fantasy because there's all these other cheap options. And every time I build a daily fantasy lineup, it's rare that I choose Gronk anyway. Yeah. So I'm in agreement with you nine weeks out of ten. 
but just to hear the words, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know. I could, I don't know. Yeah, I would never actually bring myself to say, I'm shutting down Gronk. <laughs> and that's the difference between me and you. <laughs> Scott, let's move to you. Um, my shut it down is Jared Cook. And the reason I want to bring him to attention is because of outliers, right? So I was looking at fantasy points allowed, the leaders and fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. And inside the top 10, is the Buffalo Bills, who just had a monster, one runoff monster game, go to O.J. Howard as a second tight end. So when you look at these statistics and you look at these rankings, you have to understand that there are outliers in these games and they're not fully indicative of what has happened the entire season. The Bills actually did a really good job against Cameron Brait in that game. I expect that to happen again. Jared Cook doesn't do much of anything, and and you can shut him down. And it's not like the Raiders have another tight end who's at the level of Jared Cook like the Bucks had. Like They have two very talented tight ends. The Raiders, as far as we've seen, have one who is maybe pretty good, and then a couple of guys. Right. So I, I, I like that a lot, Scott. I think you're right. And especially tight end, like... Tight end, the floor for tight ends is so much lower than every other position. So when you have a guy that goes off like O.J. Howard did and he gets, what I think it was like 20 standard points, that really moves the needle and that really shoots a team up the rankings of fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. And so I think you're right. That's definitely been an outlier for the Bills this year. I agree. I think that's awesome fantasy advice going back to the storyline saga that I was just saying. I mean, you look in the Yahoo app and it's a green matchup, right? right? It's not red. It's not even yellow, probably. It's probably green. Yeah. So I think that's that's great advice for someone who's just looking at something like that and mm-hmm. trying to make their decisions off of it. So I couldn't agree more. Tom, let's go to you. Jimmy Graham. Um, he hasn't been too great. Let's be honest. He's his his touchdown at the end of the game last week was just that. It was at the it end was of offensive the game. pass interference. Yeah, it did. It could have just as easily not happened. And the things that did happen more were him dropping the ball. Um, miscues yep. and you know what they do have other tight ends on that offense and sometimes get targets yeah so once again that roulette wheel uh, in favor of jimmy graham is shrinking yeah. so i think in a week where i like some other guys even yep. your tyler crofts guys like i've been mentioning like that throughout the year i i could bring myself to start tyler croft over jimmy graham this week houston is one of the best teams against the tight end and i didn't even mention that till the end of that and if I had you considering it, then I would go look at that little red marker on your Yahoo app right. because <laughs> they're red, and they've been red last year, and maybe even probably the year, the year before, before that. that and that too. Agreed. It is a pretty tough matchup. I have uh, Kyle Rudolph and Grant, and I'm sorry, Jimmy Graham. I got to go with Kyle Rudolph, right? I think 100%, so. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, let's move to the slate now. What on earth did we do to deserve the Dolphins and Ravens on Thursday night? This is going to be, I think this game they might. They like to get the bad ones out. And they, I will uh, say they do have a little, like, somehow future sight into that. Because some of these Thursday night games are just bad. And they picked a, one and they're like, all right, let's get Miami and the Ravens out of the way. Same. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be like the first team to 10 points wins this game, I think. Like, I really think it's going to be sloppy. You know, it's both teams coming in, like, pretty hurt. Cutler's definitely out. Matt Moore's going to be starting. Um, we pretty much know for a fact Mike Wallace won't be playing, so it's another pass catcher that Joe Flacco can't overthrow deep now. So it's just going to be – It's I, to me, I think this is going to be a really – this is a really tough game to call. Yeah. I think that I think Miami's going to win because I just like the way they looked with Matt Moore at, 
at the quarterback position, but I really don't know. Yeah, I think that you can still start Landry, and I'd be paying really close attention to the Devontae Parker news, and if he is out, I'm good with uh, Kenny still starting as well. These guys are getting volume, and, and they've both been very effective. I think that even in a tough matchup, these are two guys that can win a matchup with good speed. Yeah. A guy we talked about, Jeremy Macklin, he was uh, limited again in practice today. Oh, jeez. I mean, it kind of suggests that he might be ready to go. I know they're, you know, he's a gamer. He played all of last year pretty hurt. Um, he didn't do so great, but right. I mean, he, he played. And, you know, with Mike Wallace with the head injury and Brashad Perryman probably not going to play, they need a target out there. So you could do worse than him in daily fantasy. And in daily fantasy, I mean, this is. That's what this game is for, Don. Right. I mean, Daily right. Fantasy has changed these 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 games into something awesome for me. I love looking at the injuries and the cheap guys now right. and what I can exploit. So, yeah. I, you know, I I got some horses in the race. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just like I think I just am using recency bias because I was like, oh, Chiefs Raiders was such a great game. They should have two really good teams play each other every Thursday. On the flip side, though, I don't care who plays in the London game at 9.30. I will watch every single second of it from my bed. So I could watch the Vikings beat up on the Browns and be totally okay with it. Like I said, I think this is a good feeling week. Um, I was going to shut down Isaiah Crowell, but I think we've pretty much already done that for the season as it is anyway. I the think Browns pretty much did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think this is I think this is a fine Duke Johnson week. Um, Deshaun Kaiser is going to be starting for now, uh, we'll yep. see how I guess practice and then the first quarter goes. Uh, Every before week's they... a good Duke Johnson week because they're always losing. And yeah. he's always catching these little dump downs, and they have him involved in, in some intricate play calls every week. Like he's like the feature of this offense. So you know, even though they're a bad team and they actually have a bad defensive matchup, I think I'd still go with Duke. And obviously, you're going to start your Vikings, and you know, I, I don't think you should start Latavius Murray, but everyone else that's going to start, you know. Fire them up. Definitely. Chargers-Patriots, this is a start-everybody game, in my opinion. I think every single player in this game has a chance to be a weak winner, except Mike Gillisley. Uh, well, I wouldn't he say always that. has a he chance. He always has a chance. And the problem is, is that so do three other running backs right. on their team. So it's definitely start everybody, but I'd be weary of New England running backs. Yeah, me too. Deion Lewis and James White. And you kind of want to watch it unfold and then, I, I mean. Sit back in hindsight and be like, ah, I should have played him. I guess. I mean, really, that's it. Because I was going to yeah. say, you kind of want to watch it unfold and then try to play somebody. But it's already unfolding in a new way by the time you yep. start uh, one of these guys. So yeah, right. Belichick is is ten steps ahead of us and everybody. Else, yeah, because he's he's videotaping your steps so that he can stay ahead of them. Right. <laughs> um, Bears Saints. I I think the Saints win this game. I think it's lower scoring than a typical game played in the Superdome, like I kind of mentioned. Um, the Bears defense has looked very good with Trubisky, and I think they're going to run the ball enough that they can chew clock and they can keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands and really Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara's hands because that's really who has who has had the offense turned over to them uh, thus far. Yeah, the Bears haven't let up a touchdown in nine quarters. Hashtag stats. So, wow. yeah, you can expect it to be a little bit lower than you think. I wonder what the over-under is on this one, and if it seems a little high, it might be a good game to bet the under, although that's yeah. not really our forte Life's here. Too short. Yeah, life is too short to bet the under, but um, <laughs> I don't know. That yeah, is- this game is interesting because the Bears defense did actually play very well last week, and 
it gives it that little bit of unpredictability. But it's Breeze at home. I would trust Breeze at home. Uh, I like Ted Ginn this week too. Uh, second receivers have a better chance, really, normally against the Bears. Even though Michael Thomas, I, I would start him too with a lot of confidence as well. But I'm just saying I, I, I like Ginn in addition to him. Both their backs good to go. And then, obviously, you're starting Howard for the Bears and – Eddie Jackson, if you have a defensive player league. <laughs> For those of you who are, uh, I picked him up. I, I did get him. You better start him. As my, oh, yeah, he's, absolutely. He's the centerpiece of my team now. That team <laughs> sucks. Um, over under for this game is 47 and a half. I'm I like the under. I really it. do. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get back down how that goes in the week uh, in the week nine preview. Let's move on now, though, to uh, Panthers Bucks. Boy, the Bucks need a win, and boy, the Panthers need a win. game against a bad defense, <laughs> and they both might get what they need. Um, I think this game is going to be entertaining. I, I'm hopeful that Cam has a bounce back. He normally has these like rock-bottom games and then comes back up just to screw with all the fantasy owners out there, I, I think. But you know, I think this is a game where, where he's going to have himself a comeback, and I think McCaffrey will be able to do a lot of damage against this defense just because, you know, everybody they, else has. Everybody else has, and, and he's just really their best playmaker. And I like, I like pretty much everybody on the Panthers' offense. Yeah, I almost plum picked uh, Kelvin Benjamin here. I was thinking of him too, actually. Yeah, I think he's just a really solid start. A lot of the time, yeah. we're talking about like, oh, I think uh, this wide receiver two might have some upside, and you should be interested in that. I think this is a total wide receiver one Kelvin Benjamin type thing. You know, yeah. you've got Tyrod Taylor doing what he likes to to them. I think Cam can do that with his size and Kelvin Benjamin's size combined. Um, the Bucks obviously don't scare you on defense, and I like McCaffrey here too. I think also Deshaun Jackson. I've yes. always mentioned that the the Carolina Panthers do have a uh, a tendency to get beat deep. So I think uh, this is a Jackson game as well. I like Me it. Too. I also like Ed Dixon in this game. I mean, the the Bucks let up a touchdown to Logan Thomas last week, who I forgot was on the Bills, and I forgot he switched positions from quarterback to tight end. So I think Ed Dixon's a little bit better than Logan Thomas. So he might be a little bit more involved than he has been in the past few weeks. Um, just something to keep in the back until of the, your mind. Until the Bucks show us something on defense, you know, they're a team Everyone. that you can start everybody against. Exactly. Um Oh, hey, got one for you, everyone. Just dawned right. on me too. Yeah. Russell Shepard revenge oh game. My God. Oh, nice one, <laughs> nice one. Uh, it's a lock at this point. I don't right? like. I don't like Martin in this game. No, Doug Martin. He's, no. He probably won't do much. But the pass catchers for the Bucks are going to be involved because they'll yeah. probably be losing. Colts Bengals. Um, Bengals by twenty. Bengals by twenty eight. Colts are so Anybody? bad. Um, the Colts are really bad. Uh, this is not a T.Y. Hilton week. I've we just I gotta really thought about it. <laughs> I really thought about shutting down T.Y. again. Um, because, yes, Antonio Brown scored, but he only had four catches, only had 60 yards on those four catches. You know, the pass defense for the Bengals is pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, because of that, right. I almost plum-picked Marlon Mack because they've been, they just gave it up to Le'Veon Bell against the, against the run. But, again, the Colts. So I'm not really sure. Um, like and I said, on Bell is just a, it's just a different, different animal. breed. Yeah. Um, I really like Joe Mixon in this game, and I wish I didn't because of what he because of what the Bengals decided to do with him last week. But I really do think this is going to be a good week for him, and I have him starting over Chris Thompson this week because I believe in him that much, and I just I can't bring myself 
to put Mixon on the bench this week where I have him. I like uh, Croft and LaFell for DFS plays too. I think uh, they're just so burnable that and Croft and LaFell will be so cheap that they're, they're worth a shot. Yeah, John Ross, um, I think got a practice in today, at least even a limited one. But he has really been a non. He's so far behind too. Yeah, so I still do actually like the Brandon LaFell thing, despite my uh, my burning hatred for the man. <laughs> yeah, he's just got to catch him right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to him like climbing Everest. Um, let's go to Raiders Bills. Um, the evidence of. You know what the Bills have done on defense, and the fact that they're playing at home would suggest that you fade. You know Cooper, your Car, your Crabtree, your Cook. But I'm not scared of this game, probably because of the recency bias of what Jameis Winston did to this Bills defense in Buffalo I think, last week. I think Derek Carr has like this trance over me that like once he gets rolling, I think he's like the best quarterback ever, you know? So he's like divisive like that. Yeah, you know, cuz yeah. I don't so, feel that way. Cause, what? Cuz I don't feel that Tom, way. Tom, you and I were I, very divided on him when we did the quarterback <laughs> rankings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know why, but you know, I'm like, "Oh, Derek Carr's hot. Got to start him this week." So, got to start him this week. He's hot. I agree. I'm rolling Cooper out too. <laughs> I mean, I I, I think this is going to be I think the Raiders kind of started to believe again. And, you know, mindset can be a really important thing for an NFL team. And so if they've got that winning mindset back, it doesn't matter who's out in front of them, especially if, you know, Cooper and Crabshire are going to play the way that they played last week. Sure. I got, I got one more guy for you. DFS, Deontay Thompson for the Bills. Yes. Who the Bears cut, by the way. Right. Just and then he went, he went to the Bills – you know, and in three days, basically played in a game, got four targets, caught all four of them for over a hundred yards. First hundred yard receiver for the Bills all season. So I think that he'll be more involved against another matchup that's beatable. Absolutely. All righty, uh, Niners Eagles. Oh boy, this one could get really ugly. The way the Eagles have been scoring and the way that the 49ers have been letting up points. Is Carson Wentz just going to rip off four touchdowns in the first quarter, or do you think he actually lets the Niners hang out? I'm going one in the first, none in the second, two in the third, one in the first. Somebody sure. write that down and see if I got say, it right. I will never remember that. You said first <laughs> twice, too, but anyway. No, whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's a great game for all Eagles, obviously. Right. I like Nelson Aguilar, even. Mm-hmm. I like Alshon Jeffrey. I like... Um, Wendell Smallwood, of course, right. and I like Legarrette Blunt for the same uh, touchdown possibilities here. Right. You know, I I know I said Wendell Smallwood could have two touchdowns. I mean, Legarrette Blunt could have three. He could. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. So I think it's a weird week for Carson Wentz. Like I think the matchup is so good for the running backs in a weird way, and that the team they're facing is so bad that he might underperform because he doesn't have to perform yeah. in fantasy. Right. He had a tough week, and we did just trash him on uh, the week seven recap episode but George Kittle's interesting to me simply because the Eagles let up two Jordan Reed touchdowns in garbage time on Monday night so you know could be something could be nothing backers (laughs) yeah right but you know it's it's possible Uh, I agree these 49ers pass catchers are enticing because they're going to be losing so quickly that they're going to be throwing so much and and it makes Bethard even a little enticing against another soft matchup. And uh, he burned me last week in uh, FanDuel, him and Kittle. But I don't think I'll be going back to the well this week. But I wouldn't blame you for giving it a shot. Yeah. 
Um, Falcons Jets. If I I do a pick 'em league, and if if I had to submit my picks today, I think my pick for this game would be the Jets. All right, you because I think around. that Jets defense <laughs> has looked good enough, and I think their offense has looked good enough to look to beat a team who's looked really bad over the past few weeks in the Falcons. Yeah, I mean they had the Dolphins on the ropes. You can yeah, they screwed it up, sure, but I mean the Falcons couldn't stop twenty straight from the Dolphins, right? Right. So, yeah. you know, transitive property, the Jets are going to win. Yeah, yeah they're, they're off, their offensive confidence is seems like it's growing and growing with McCown, and he's more and more comfortable. So, you know, well, I'll say it again. You're starting at <laughs> ASJ every week. He's money. and uh, He's money. I think I'm okay with, with the Falcons, guys. You know, I think Ryan could turn in a good game, but I don't have him in a league, so I haven't been burned by him all season. So – I, well, that's almost the best place to be because then you have like a neutral opinion on him, right? You know, I see yeah. like more. Obviously, he hasn't even done or had a twenty-point game this year, so I think it's more like a fifteener for him, maybe even under. Right. Yeah. So, like, if he can only do seven, get seventeen. I keep saying do. You don't do fantasy points. <laughs> if he can only get, you earn them. <laughs> if he can only get seventeen fantasy points versus the Patriots, then I don't know how many he's gonna get versus the Jets. I mean, Brady. Barely got, like, I think Brady didn't even break 20 points versus the Jets. So, right. you know, transitive property again. Jets are going to win. <laughs> That's right, baby. Texans, Seahawks, <laughs> we actually ended up talking about this game a lot. Um, I'm just not sure how Deshaun Watson's going to get his production, but I think he's still going to get there. It may be ugly. It may be garbage time, power but of belief. it all counts the same, <laughs> and the Texans have the power of belief in this kid. Um, I think this game is closer than people think, but I do think that it's going to be a pretty good week for the Seahawks offense. Yeah, it's possible both these quarterbacks could have a huge um, impact in the rushing game right. and have that total their stat line a little bit. Um, both defenses have you know good defensive lines, which are going to make them scramble, yep. and you know that's the recipe for that. Um, they're both, you know, Jimmy Graham, we're saying, is at a pretty big disadvantage. We think DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller might be at a disadvantage. So it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a scratch and claw. And if that happens all game long, despite interceptions in games like that, teams generally produce pretty good fantasy points on both ends. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I think it's. I think it might be the best game that, that we'll see this weekend. All right. Dallas and Washington. We've got uh, Washington in a in a pretty dire spot here, and Dallas looks like they're rolling right now. Um, we will have Ezekiel Elliott in this game. His hearing is scheduled for the day after it starts, so enjoy it. It could be your last week until week fifteen, but who knows at this point? I certainly don't. Um, but the thing with Dallas and Washington is when they play, you can pretty much roll anybody out. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game to start pretty much anyone. Uh, I think that, you know, I said before that Zeke has a has a tough matchup, but I've been on the, the train of thought that the Cowboys are going to feed him like pre-hearings, you know? They're going to give him like a ton of work and a ton of carries before he gets into these hearings in case he's suspended. So I'm, I would be fine with you even paying up for Zeke again this week as he runs with the motivation of suspension looming and, <laughs> and that, that type of storyline that Tom was talking about. I kind of I like Zeke this week. Uh, kind of like a leave it all out on the field scenario. And even him. in a tougher matchup for Prescott, I think you're, you're fine starting him. Yeah, too. I mean, he's been just torn people yeah he's been awesome so um des i know we've mentioned that he's going to get a little bit of a lockdown treatment but he's such a big guy 
and he's actually had pretty good success against the Redskins so far. I mean, nothing to write home about necessarily, but the last time he played, he went 5 for 72. The time before that, this was his best one, 7 for 102. Nice. And 3 for 62. So, like, these are decent performances, especially considering actually any 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 format really. Those are those are turn turn inable days in standard PPR half right. whatever. Yeah, it's a good. Those are good days to hang your hat on, and it's not a day that's going to tank your team. Yeah, and especially with uh, a Josh Norman who's not at one hundred percent. Right. Right. Uh, Reed had a huge week. Uh, I think they played Christmas Day last year. It might have been Thanksgiving too, or maybe it was Thanksgiving. I but I, either I way. Know. Reed had a monster against them, so so I like him as a daily fantasy buy at tight end if you want to spend up for him. Uh, and then those other receivers, your Cole Beasley, uh, Bryce Butler, Doxson, all these other receivers in the mix, I think that they're all in for a good amount of action. I don't week. know. I don't even think Doxson's one of those other receivers anymore. They really look like they're ready to feature him as their number one. He's right. not getting the targets because of how well Chris Thompson has been treating them. But, I mean, Josh Doxson is a guy that you can pick up now and definitely take a look at going forward. I, I wouldn't really expect a ton from him because now he's just taking the snap share that he's gotten from Terrell Pryor, but he's not getting any – he's getting the same target share. Yeah, he's not turning Terrell it Pryor. into anything more. So, you know, Vernon Davis is still a huge part of this offense. Jordan Reed looks like he's getting healthier and healthier, and Chris Thompson is – looking like he's the best receiving running back in football. So these things, I don't see them changing too much. I like Doxon's upside for the same reason I liked Pryor's upside at the beginning of the year, but, you know, I have my skepticisms too. All right. I'm a Crowder, man. This yeah, when's he going to get it going? Well, I mean, compared to Doxon, I'm a, I'm a Crowder, man. Gotcha. And uh, that game was on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, okay. All right. Uh, Steelers-Lions is the, Saturday, is the Sunday night game. Um, interesting one. We do think this is going to be a defensive struggle, I think, as a collective unit. Um, but I still think Le'Veon gets his because he always does. Yeah, Le'Veon. With Antonio Brown. Yeah, Le'Veon and AB. We don't have to spend any time talking about them unless they want to, you know. I think really the, the Steelers I think in the general. Steelers, we could talk about the news. I mean, everyone is wondering where Juju Smith-Schuster's bike is. He found it. No, he found it. <laughs> oh, yeah? It's yeah. been recovered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank Confirmed God. via Twitter by Smith-Schuster himself. Um, we need, still need to find Martavis Bryant, though. <laughs> Because he, uh, he was dismissed from the practice facility on Monday. Now he's running with the scout team today. And and soon he'll be running home. Yeah, and soon he will be <laughs> running home to his mom crying because he's inactive for the Sunday night game. He will be a healthy scratch. He confirmed it to reporters today. Um, maybe this is what he needs to kind of get it through his skull that he's not Antonio Brown level. I don't I have, know. I have no idea. Um, I had such higher hopes for him. And I wish he stayed out of most of this social media stuff that he was you it's know, a bad digging look. himself into. It's definitely a bad look. He's got to maintain that positive attitude, which he has not done. Um, so even for me, I was saying keep him till the trade deadline. I dropped him. Yeah. I was I put this out on Twitter. He's going to be the first inactive due to Instagram in NFL history. <laughs> and probably stats. not the last. <laughs> I guess not. Now that the Steelers are setting a pretty interesting precedent. So for it. what was the Tim Duncan one? It was old. Yeah, didn't play old. Yeah. (laughs) We're just adding things to the vernacular now. It's awesome. Um, So what I like for the Lions is the absence of targets for 
you know, Golden Tate leaving and what that means for some guys in daily. So like I said before, I like TJ Jones. I also like Riddick this week because I think that they're going to start to use him more in the short passing game. It would it would make sense to use him more in the short passing yeah. game, no doubt. In a game that I think that they'll they'll probably go behind, but the Steelers, the Steelers don't typically blow anybody out. And the Lions were like trying to get um Amir Abdullah into that feature back role and I think what they discovered before their bye week is it's just not working no you know it's that offense isn't working the way that it could be and the way that it does work what unlocks it for them is Theo Riddick so I do think you're right Scott I think he gets a big uptick in touches this week Fells worth a look um, agreed Tyler Croft scored against him last week we mentioned not going to do it easily against the Steelers secondary so right. you got to kind of dink and dunk underneath which is tight end and which is receiving running back so those guys yep the monday night game is a good one a couple of afc west teams desperate for a win broncos at chiefs travis kelsey's best two games of the year last year were against these broncos the broncos have had trouble stopping tight ends all year this year and all year last year two plus two is four i think this is a big travis kelsey yeah this is a good week for your boy um like i said i would probably uh like Tom said, not I said. I don't want to take credit for what Tom said. Sorry, Tom. I'll probably, I'm not too excited about Hunt either. Uh, I'm not excited about CJ Anderson. I am excited about Demarius Thomas. Oh, yes. Because, absolutely. You know, if they learned anything from the, uh, the Raiders, you know, just throw the ball to your best receiver or one of your best receivers 20 times and you might have himself a good game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Demarius Thomas had a bad fantasy week last week. But they took away like an 80-yard catch right. from the guy. So Yeah, I missed like it when was, they took that away. But it was off of his offensive pass interference that, that was the penalty. Yeah, so. Well, so was Amari Cooper's touchdown, his first one, off his he, own pass he, The guy tripped and over Jimmy his own Gra- feet. And, no, Jimmy okay. Graham's, <laughs> and Jimmy Graham's touchdown against the Giants. Yeah, so That guy also tripped over his own. <laughs> I can't even defend the Amari Cooper one. That was so bad. Um, Tyree Kill. Um, I was going to say, Tyree Kill had a couple of long touchdowns against the Broncos last year, one in each game. So, you know, you may see, like on Yahoo, they're in the red against wide receivers, but Tyree Kill, not exactly a wide receiver. They used him out of the backfield. Tom, you're going to uh, bring something up? Yeah, the Tyree Kill stats for these. He had some crazy games versus the Broncos right. last year. There's no doubt about it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So they're trying to do the unconventional stuff with Tyree Kill versus the Broncos because the Broncos are so good defensively, conventionally, right? So when they played him in the second time last year, or when they played him the second time last year, 95 rushing yards for Tyree Kill, which, you know, (laughs) don't come straight out of the backfield. It's not like Kareem Hunt can just do that. These are like jet sweeps and gadgets, right? And that goes for a touchdown. Um, He had a kick return touchdown versus them the first time. He had a rushing touchdown versus them the first time, and he oh, had wow. a receiving touchdown versus them That's the right. first time. Yeah, that was with nine crazy. targets for fifty-two yards in the receiving game. Excuse me, nine receptions yeah. on ten targets. You know, so Tyreek is the weapon that they use to try to uh, beat the Broncos, destabilize the Broncos defense, right. and they've used him very successfully. So it's hard to say sit him with that kind of. Uh, I'm not anymore. Not. I can't do it. Here's, I can't here's keep one doing more, this to myself. Here's one more tidbit for not sitting Tyreek Hill. Full PPR, top two receivers so far this year. Number one, Antonio Brown. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Wow. And I sat him 
in his two biggest games of the year against the Raiders <laughs> and against the Patriots. Loser. Uh, awful. Loser of the week. Gone. <laughs> um, that's going to do it, uh, guys. Great show. I think we've had a great week of shows, and I don't Thanks mind not. patting ourselves on the back and recording it to, to, to prove it. Um, we're going to be back on Tuesday with your Week 8 recap. Um, should be a very interesting week. We hope that you all uh, listen to our advice. Shut down who we shut down, plum pick who we plum pick, and uh, we'll be back on Tuesday to see how it goes. You can hit us up on Twitter if you've got any start sits. We're at RutzFF. Tom is at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. I am at Why So Serious. Let me know if you think I should start Joe Mixon or Chris Thompson this week because I've been going back and forth about it every day. And uh, we will see you guys on Tuesday. Until then, keep scoring. Keep scoring.